Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Recording now, or are you still faffing? I'm, I'm recording now, Thank and you. you're recording. For goodness sake, who would have Bluetooth? Take two! <laughs> Whatever works, room, room 101. Whatever doesn't work, hello, yeah. let's try this again, shall we? <laughs> Welcome to Whatever Works, everyone. We're having a right old pickle here. Hey, I've just realised something. What? It's Friday the 13th. Oh, that's why, isn't it, Ted? Of course, it's all going to go tits up, isn't it? It's Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. And you know how superstitious we all are here. We are. Absolutely are, Mr. Macbeth. Listen, <laughs> I come to this show fuming, actually, despite my giggles. I've just been online trying to buy tickets for my mum to go to take her to see a concert uh, in London, a concert performance of a musical. Um, it's a secret garden, August 28th, for those who may be interested. I got onto the website. I found the tickets. I booked the tickets. I put them in the box. I tried to pay for them, and it said, Oh, you already exist. Please sign in with your username and password. And I thought... I haven't got a clue what my password is, and these tickets are timing out in three minutes. Okay, I'll use my mum's name. That will do it. So I used my mum's name, and that worked. So I bought the tickets. When I bought the tickets, I realised I'd bought e-tickets, not proper good old-fashioned tickets. Ted, I wish I want to go back to the 20th century. Better before. But, oh, and a bit. So I then sent it. So having bought these tickets, I looked on the thing, and it said the QR code will appear 24 hours before the performance. So I thought, okay, I've now got to keep this email. And remember, until the 27th of August, that I've then got to log on and get my QR code. No, I'm not having this. I wrote to the theatre. I said, can I please change these to proper good old-fashioned printed tickets sent to me in a post with a, with a stamp on so I know what I'm doing? And they wrote back to me about 20 minutes ago saying, we cannot change tickets retrospectively. Yours sincerely, LW Theatres. I'm fuming! Now I've got... Oh, God, take me back to the good old days. I hate the modern world. Hello, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Friday but, 13th. <laughs> but then you'd have had to actually go down there and use petrol and queue up and... Yeah, bar, bar, yes, bar. I would have done, I know, but... That, I mean, you'd... <laughs> Yeah, I, OK, so give, let's move into the 21st century. Give people the option to have e-tickets if they want. But they have the option of old-fashioned print them at home, or print, either print them at home or we print them and post them to your tickets. 95p. But they wouldn't, they won't do it retrospectively. Now that my booking's gone through, they say they can't change the booking. So I've now got to keep copious notes and URLs and reminders that I can't just rock up to the theatre. I've got to go online, print the QR code. Oh! Google will remind you. Aww. This is, this is. I mean, all joking aside, this is all about cost-cutting, isn't it? Yeah. And that, that stamp to send you the tickets is 95p, and they're carving the cost of the tickets. Uh, yes and no, Ted. I mean, I think they would have, they would have charged me the 95p. But under yeah, the circumstances, okay. then, I would have willingly paid it. But yes, I take but, your but, point. Yeah, yeah. But, but customers would complain. You might not, but others would. I'm not paying 95p. You should send it to me. That's part of the deal. Yeah. OK, then my you argument would be, if you're going to insist that I have an e-ticket, give me the QR code now. Don't tell me it's going to be generated 24 hours before the performance and I have to remember this immensely long URL so that I can log back in in two months' time to get the QR code that you could give me now. And all of that's been managed by somebody in their bedroom in Bombay, or whatever it's called now. 
<laughs> Mumbai, isn't yeah. it? Mumbai. <laughs> Mumbo jumbo. Oh, dear. Yes. Right, let's, let's get some reminders going. Whateverworks.works is where you will find our website and all the links to the, the stuff we're going to talk about in today's show, which will be a thrilling a thrill ride for you. The Whateverworks MeWe group is where we try to dump stuff up to share and um, encourage others to do the same and bring the highlights of that to the show. Dump when we're stuff titillate. up? Is that a colloquial term? <laughs> Yes. We all like a good dump, don't we? Um, uh, and we'll bring the highlights of that to the show when it, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, when it titillates us enough. That's what I was oh, going to say. Don't, don't. TedSalmon.com is where you go if you get lost. All of our audio podcasts, all of our MeWe groups, everything links out from there, include, including the ways that you can help the show out, which you can do by buying me a copy at paypal.me forward slash Ted Salmon, or if you want to help us to buy stuff to review on whatever works, you can buy that via my affiliate link on Amazon, which is tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon Ted UK. And everything that Aidan does, you can find at AidanBell.com. But you have to be quick because he's getting very busy these days. He's <laughs> never available to record and he's always doing something. <laughs> You're very kind, so I want to be kind to you. You dug yourself out of that grammatical hole brilliantly. A a couple of times there, I thought, where's this sentence going? And yet it was perfect to the very last full stop. Well done, sir. How kind you are. Hey, hey, you know what I did did this week? I went into a shop. Good Lord, do we still have those? You know, I I remember a a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, whatever, you were were raving about the fact that you'd gone back to the shop. That's right, yes. And I wasn't really identifying with it very much, but I... Do you know what I did this week? I have not. I've not been into a shop since 1842, <laughs> and I went into Tesco. Just a simple kind of meander into Tesco. I left my helmet on and my um, and my um, um, visor thingy yes. that I wear on my moped. So I didn't take that off. Um, incidentally, there's a sign outside saying asking people nicely to wear masks in st- inside, but nobody does. Oh, not yet. Ex- yeah. Except me and the staff. We did, but no one else. Oh, complacency to. has set in for sure. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, the what I was going to say was it was just a really interesting and odd experience to get back to, instead of ordering your shopping two weeks in advance to be delivered actually looking at the shelf and and, and seeing what you fancy and say, oh yeah look at that i fancy a bit of that and then buying it taking it home and that evening having it because you'd fancied it in the day it, it, it's, it really is a, a a nice experience to get back to that and i just thought i'd mention it it is isn't it we don't know how good we've got it until we haven't got it anymore Indeed. And I thought I wasn't bothered. I really thought I wasn't bothered. Everyone can just bring everything to me. But actually, I think I might have a new um, um, a, a new wind for um, shopping. Ted Salmon has discovered shopping. I like that. <laughs> He's discovered his new wind. Do uh, you know, I've discovered a new wind. I'm becoming a morning person. I don't believe that. I know. I mean, I seriously, I mean, at the age of 58, I preach to people that my entire life long, my basic body rhythm is I will go to bed around one or two or even three in the morning and I will wake up around 10 or even 11 in the morning. And that tends to be, even if I'm involved with the production or something and I have to get up at eight o'clock every morning, for rehearsals the moment it's finished the next day I'm back to my normal rhythm at the moment I seem to be shifting I think it's because I've as you say as you kindly say I've been quite busy lately and had a lot on and I've been having to get up to do stuff and I seem to find 
I'm actually falling asleep. I'm getting very tired around one and have to put myself to bed. And then I wake up in the morning and wonder what time it is and ask Google. And when Google tells me it's nine o'clock, I can't believe it. <laughs> mm. I'm, yeah, I mean, I think that's good, though, because one thing, like you with shops, one thing I've noticed at times in my life when I have had to get up, like if I've done a filming shoot or something and I've had to get up at four in the morning, one suddenly appreciates how wonderful the day is and how long a day is and how gorgeous a morning is and how lovely it is to be around at that front half of the day that one doesn't normally experience. I don't know if you've had that on days when you've had to get your bum out of bed earlier than normal. It hasn't often happened, to be honest. <laughs> I, 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 I've got a pattern like you, and, and because I'm such a hermit now, very, very, very few times I've had to get up in the morning for anything. Right. Um, I, I'm trying to think of the last Right, here's an experiment. Try this, Ted. <laughs> he said, knowing he won't. Get up one morning at eight o'clock, put your clothes on and go for a walk. Right. And see what happens. <laughs> OK. OK. I used to do that back in the day. Before I, before I went to work, I used to go exactly doing that. Yeah. And it is. It's quite invigorating and it, it is nice. Yes. Um, but we just get into when you work very hard and you think, my goodness, it must be halfway to dinner time by now. And you realize it's still only yeah. mid morning and you haven't had lunch, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, to be oh, a farmer, eh? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, anyway, yeah. So, um, yes, becoming morning people. And um, you've got a, you've got your Santa um, thing Yeah, going, well, one you? of the reasons I've been the morning person is because I have been very busy. And one of the things I'm busy with is is more of a personal project at the moment than any sort of a moneymaker. My goodness, no, it's, we're paying through the nose to do it. Is my Santa Santa project, the musical uh -huh. that I've been flogging for literally years. It's a, actually a decade this year that I've been pushing this show. And we're fine. Thank you, sir. We're finally starting to make some progress with a playthrough in July. I think I may have I have posted on MeWe for those who, who follow me on MeWe. Um, I post about this. We're, we're having a playthrough. Basically, to cut a very long story, very short. We're hoping to do a concert later this year that we've been trying to do for a couple of years, but couldn't because of COVID. And as a prequel to that, as a tester to that, we're having a closed, non-audience, non-money, just getting together playthrough on the 2nd of July in a small theatre in London for. 44-piece orchestra, 20-piece wow. choir, 10 kids and seven principals belting Blimey. out Aidan Bell rubbish for the day. Who's, who's paying for that? Well, it, it is being paid for. I have a lovely, lovely producer named Matt who is organising the whole thing and he's and we're basically looking at it together with the actual concert coming up in November, which will be a proper concert in front of a paying audience, hopefully making right. some money back. And this is a yeah. sort of prequel to that. So Matt's juggling money and um, being wonderful and raising money and running around trying to get sponsorship and interest and stuff. And I keep away from all of that. We, we basically say he's the money man. I'm the artistic man. Um, so basically he's paying for it at the moment. God love him. Um, and I can't wait. And I tell you what, Ted, I don't think I've told you this before. Live on air, I can tell you the name of the orchestra. It's the yeah. Welsh Musical Theatre Orchestra. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, they're based in Cardiff. Um, and they're all called Bloodwind. They're all called Bloodwind. No, <laughs> 44 Bloodwinds. Are good. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally... I, I, don't, I don't want to bore people too much with this, but my goodness, it's going to be the day of days for me on the 2nd of July. Excellent. Well, that's great. It's, it's it's nice to be enthusiastic about something, even if most other people can't see it or appreciate yeah. it. So good for you. I thank you, sir, and I'll no doubt be waxing lyrical about it on further shows. Indeed, and do bring your information about that to here, and we—you never know—people listening to whatever works might want to go and watch it.
Well, it's funny you should say that because moving on to the feedback from recent shows, Frank Needhart has indeed said just that. Frank's b- beautiful comment. Frank says, lovely show again. As Ted once said, it's like an hour-long comedy show. Hey. I think that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you, keep Frank. going, says Frank. Very enjoyable. Frank, ganz vielen Dank in your own Sprach. Um, uh, that's really lovely of you. Thank you for the kind <laughs> words and sorry about my phone making noises in the background while I was trying to thank Frank. <laughs> It's nice. It's nice to get feedback. Thank you, Frank. Um, you know, feedback is... It's, I, it, I, we're all guilty of not giving people feedback, I think. And um, it's, it's, um, it's actually really nice to do. I must try harder to do that myself with other people that take the effort to... I mean, I did a phone review this week and um, it took me... I was trying to work out how long it took me to do it. Probably, it was probably like six hours of writing yeah. and then about two two weeks of, of learning all the stuff about the phone and all the rest of it. And then when I looked at my stats of who had um, read the review, okay, it's only 36 hours later or whatever, it was 20 people. Oh, I thought, yeah. Really? I've done all that stuff, all those hours of work for 20 people. But the the people in MeWe have been encouraging. So um, that was the point, really. And they said, well done, good review, well written, thank you. And that was good. Yes. So that kind of feedback is more important than probably actual statistics and numbers. Indeed. As we, um, we've said before, Ted, it's not necessarily about quantity, it's about quality. And if those 20 people are really appreciative of what you're doing and look forward to your forthcoming reviews, then surely that that's great satisfaction, having 20 really keen... Uh, readers rather than 200 people who might just casually look at it. Indeed, and those people and more people in the Mewe group have encouraged me by buying me a coffee at uh, paypal.me forward slash Ted Salmon. Um, so thank you all for that. So that, you know, it may have only got 20 views, but there are people chipping in to help me keep him going and do appreciate what I'm doing. Harry Myrie! 20 views and is... coffee then. <laughs> Yes, indeed. <laughs> Harry Myrie is going to feed back to us on public toilets, which you spoke about on the last oh, show. Oh, yes. Oh, the wretched there... toilet paper that doesn't work. Yes. Yeah, there is a... No, and, and the filthiness of them. Yes. Um, there is an exception to the sorry picture painted by Aidan on the last show. The toilets in the casinos at Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> They are always very well taken care of. When you walk in, a gentleman will greet you and make you feel welcome. Oh, hello. Would you like me, would you like me to hold it for yes, you, sir? Yes, indeed. Anything for the weekend. Yes. There will be colognes in front of every um, wash hand basin, shaving gear, shaving lotions. The custom is supposed to be to leave them uh, the, the guy a tip when you leave. One dollar is usually enough, says Harry. Also, when I visited Vienna, closer to home for you probably, yes. I went to a public toilet and there was themed music music being piped of the Vienna yes. Waltz and um, it was spotless and clean and there was a coin entrance so yeah thank you Harry bit of feedback there yeah and, and Harry's of course quite right I mean anything we whinge about on the show we've said many times there will be an equal number of people who take the contrary view and say no 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 I think this and I mean that's the that's the great thing of the show yeah, yeah. you know black black and white uh, there's a place for everything so yes if you need an, if you want a clean wee go to Las Vegas <laughs> Indeed. Oh, look, more on Friday the 13th. Yes, Frank Neithard's back on superstition and numbers. Frank says, following Ian Barton's Aircraft 13 story and Ted's mention of the number four, in China, four is unlucky because, when spoken, it sounds similar to their word for death. Ah. 
That makes sense, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, you, okay. You wouldn't want to do that. No, I wish I you death. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Litchfield actually reminded me also that Scion missed out the fourth series. I'm not sure what the link with China is there, but I, I guess it's for manufacturing. So people manufacturing these things in China live in China, and they don't want to be going to work and dealing with something called a four. Um, so I suppose it's just all about suspicion and superstition. OnePlus did the same with their phone lines. And Oppo now, I've noticed, um, that Oppo I spoke about earlier, yeah. um, they, they went straight from three to five as well. So the world seems to be still madly and it's stupidly superstitious. very weird, isn't it? Anyway, moving swiftly on to raised flower beds. Of course, as one does. John Husband brings us raised beds. For any gardeners in the group, I can recommend raised beds from the Garden Sleepers Company. Now, this is a this is a make-it-yourself, which I approve very much of. Mark out where you want the beds and check the ground is level with a spirit level. Where the ground is not level, then level the area the sleepers are going to go into. Purchase 5.5mm by 200mm drill <coughs> excuse me, and drill a pilot hole through the sleeper. I could not find a wood drill of that size, so I bought a masonry drill from Wix for £2.20, which I went through the sleeper with. with Cheapest chips. I was just going to say, with no problems. Using a 16mm wood drill, I then countersunk the holes, 20mm depth, so the screws ended up below the surface of the sleeper. So John has ended up with not only a very fine raised bed, but a very beautiful fine raised bed as well. Look very nice, <laughs> don't they? I wonder where you would go to get the... Oh, from the Garden Sleepers Company. Can you imagine the... the the amount of money it'll cost to post those to you, some sort of huge lorry. Don't. They must yeah, be really yes, heavy. Yes, yes. But they also yeah, they also very seem nice. very nice. I mean, again, not for me personally. I prefer. <coughs> excuse me, the frogs are back. I prefer a real, yeah. an, a natural, as God made it look to my garden. But I mean, certainly for anybody who wants a nice, neat garden, or for people who have trouble bending down, of course, because for those who can't kneel right down to ground level, something like a raised bed is perfect because you just get a small stool and sit down on that. Um, yeah. And tend to your flowers in that way. Very nice. And it looks very pretty too. Yes, well thank done, you, John. John. Very good. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Actually, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last show, but I, there was an article in the, I think it was in The Guardian, um, that said we're not supposed to cut our grass now. Did you? Did I mention that? What? You're not, you're not supposed to cut your grass <laughs> because if everyone in the world stopped cutting their grass then the damage that's been done to the ozone layer and all the eco-unfriendly industrialization stuff would feed back um, what it gets out of plants into the atmosphere and all that and, 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 and correct it. And if you don't cut your grass, it only gets to about you know two foot high, then it stops. It doesn't keep going forever. Um, it just it comes... <clears throat> anyway, the point was that this would give back to the atmosphere what it needs because there's more green out there and less neatly cut grass. I agree, and I and I, I, I basically approve. But I do. I would say I have an area down by my pond. I have a pond in the garden. I don't know if I've ever mentioned um, where I do indeed let the grass simply do what it wants, and it grows up to about a foot, and then it sort of falls over and turns yeah. into a sort of yellow mulch on the floor, and then new grass manages to come up through the yellow mulch. So that's fine for me down by my, as God intended it, nature pond. But I think for people's gardens, it would be rather a, rather a nasty outcome. Well, Just saying. Yeah. Uh, then again, if it's that or lose your... the planet... <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't be able to go and put your towel and lay down. No, you wouldn't want would to you? do that. <laughs> It'd be a bit tricky, wouldn't it? Now, I picked up a little short oh, I, TikTok I video, which one. was quite I funny. I love this one. 
the, the, there's somebody has invented these shoes which are um, going to be useful for people that are unsteady on their feet or elderly or whatever. And um, they what they do is, if you watch the video, it's really short. <coughs> we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, if you start to fall forwards, the wheels underneath these shoes sh move you forward to compensate for the movement forward. Similarly, if you start to tip backwards, the shoes move you backwards. It looked really interesting. I, I'm sure it's really impractical and all the rest of it, but it looked really funny, firstly, um, amusing. But actually, I did wonder. I wonder if, if actually this could be a thing. Well, no, you know, I watched it, and I, like yourself, Ted, I found it very amusing. What concerns me genuinely is surely if the... I understand the idea that you slip forward and the shoe moves you forward. But if you then feel your body being moved in a certain direction, your body is then automatically going to try and move you in another direction to compensate. And surely you're just going to end up with your shoes, with the machine trying to compensate for you, trying to compensate for the machine, and you'll end up falling over. I don't think it's a simple one-two motion. Perhaps it's a joke. But, I mean, I, I think it's wonderful. I mean, I'd, I'd love to try on a pair and see what happens as long as I was on a soft surface. Matt Jones says, that's pretty cool. Great for walking home <clears throat> from the pub. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me of the unspillable coffee cup, says Matt, I saw a few years back. I, and after that, I, I kind of pursued this Ooh, with him. Yes. And um, we got a couple of links in the show notes. Um, the Mighty Mug, it's called, and it doesn't fall over. So there's a. have also linked to a short video explainer to, to, to tell you what happens. So if you put this mug on your um, table and you hit it on the side it doesn't fall um but if you lift it up straight up vertically oh, it's got a suction it thing away. on it hasn't it yes it's got yeah. it, it's something to do with air it's it's to do with if you lift it up straight then it releases this air pocket yes. at the bottom and and it, and it lets you lift it but if you try and move it sideways the air traps it and Very makes it so so yeah have a look at the but video. that occurs to me um, Ted, it'd be like your cheese grater the other week unless you have a beautiful pristine glass-like surface no, no 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 if you watch the video that's not true at all because they've got a very um, uneven surface they show it on and it still works oh so there we are then it looks really I interesting sit corrected okay so shoes or mugs <laughs> we've got you weebles wobble but they don't fall down remember those uh, talk... <laughs> yeah i do actually yeah talking of things that st stabilize you my when my dad had his um hip fracture recently the ot department came round and said you don't want to be sitting down on that sofa. It's far too low for you. That won't help your fractured hip at all. We want to make your sofa higher. So they came along armed with these four whacking great big plastic riser thingies. I don't know what they're called. Stuck them underneath the um, underneath each corner of the sofa. And Fanny's your aunt. It, it just, I mean, it, it's obvious. I mean, you could do it with anything, really. You could stick milk crates under there if you wanted to, I suppose. But these are made for the job. And um, I sat down on it, and I did notice immediately the difference. It's so much easier to get in and out of. So that was just a, a, a little whatever works from the OT department. We have the same. Mine and Mamor has a, had, a, had a hip replacement, and we had the same advice. And she ah. has a, They look like ashtrays, don't they? They look like old-fashioned <laughs> ashtrays to me. But, yes, we have exactly the same. Ours are in a sort of creamy colour, not the, not, the, not the black of... Oh, this isn't yours in the picture that I'm looking at, is it? This is... Um, or is that actually your very father, your father's own very That's legs? My dad, That's your yeah. dad. Okay, yeah. so yours is black. Ours are sort of cream colour. Yeah, I, I, I think they're great, and they're very, very sturdy. We've never had any issue of you know sitting on the sofa and whoops, there goes the riser. Um, 
Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. It's really good, yeah. <coughs> uh, talking of my dad's um, legs, though, which you can see in this photograph, I'll put this on MeWe later. Um, I didn't, I, a thought came to me that um, it, it's the, the last generation of men who wear their trousers around their waist. Because you can see yes. in this photograph that his, <coughs> his, his trousers, whenever he sits down, they just rise up and they're halfway up his legs. And um, and and that's because older men, people of his generation, wear their trousers round their waist. And um, w my generation, I'm sure you're the same. We all wear our trousers round our hips. Yes, that's very it's an true. interesting yes, shift. Yes, yes, because I mean, also if you think about these, you know, Monty Python caricature of Northerners, etc., you'll get very, very high waists because that's yes. seen as a comedy element these yeah, days, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Anyway, that was just an aside. <clears throat> the risers, are, the risers are great. They really make a difference. Ian Barton has made a difference of a different kind. I'm sorry, okay. this makes me giggle. With a silver line large sink plunger. Now, there's nothing wrong with a sink plunger until you read Ian's headline, which says, sink blocked or toilet bowl constipated? You need a plunger. I have, Ian, I tell you with great honesty, I have never plunged a toilet. But, Ian says, lots of suction power, no chemicals, and easy to use, and at five ninety nine, almost cheap as chips. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a great fan of the sink plunger. I plunge our sinks from time to time to make sure that the plumbing is, is going through as it should. I've never, I'd never dared to even think of plunging a toilet, but I see no reason why not to, actually, if it's efficient like this one that Ian's recommending. Have you ever plunged a toilet? Um, I don't think so. I don't know how you would get the seal. I'm not sure how you get yeah. the seal around the hole. Because with a, with a sink or a, or a bath, it's obvious, isn't it? Yeah. But it, it did make me think about, good point from Ian, because um, no chemicals, you see. And, and on this very show, I brought this um, sink unblocker chemical stuff. Yes, I remember. And, and, I, and, and I brought it back to still using and all the rest of it. And here's a way that I could have probably done all that stuff without any chemicals. Yes. and. Um, um, a very manual, old-fashioned way. So, yes, well done, Ian. A good shout indeed. Available on Amazon, we'll link to. Also available on Amazon. I would say, though, Ted, I don't think it's very humane to keep seals in the toilet. I would keep them in the bath. They've got a bit more room to swim around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> very amusing. Uh, right, now, where was I? Oh, yes. Fake stamps is next. So um, I thought you had a slinky on... link. I thought I was setting well, you up well, to I do did. your slinky I did, link. But, but because, it, because you interjected <laughs> and inserted an edit point and didn't let me roll with it, it's all screwed up, you swine. Oh, I'm sorry. OK. Right. I'll go and sit in the corner. Um, what are you going to tell us about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, this this was the slinky link, was that um, Ian Barton's suction thingy was available on Amazon. Talking of Amazon, I said ah, before okay. I was interrupted. Hey, lovely link, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was just, yeah, we were looking for some stamps this week and we um, were, became aware of the fact that Amazon UK is full of fake stamps from various um, dubious sounding third party Chinese sellers. Ah. And the message is be careful because although Amazon apparently are working hard to try and stop this, they're not. It, and, and the general rule, I think, is that if you see a Chinese sounding third party seller selling UK stamps and they're not face value 
and you know they're trying to sell them cheaper, yes, yes. cheaper then it's likely to be a fake and give it a miss. Um, it's convenient to buy them on Amazon if you've got Prime, of course, because you, even if you buy them at face value, they'll deliver them to your door. And um, so we refuse to get some from Amazon because of um, the risk of fakes. Anyway, so we went back to the tried and test tested method of getting them from Sainsbury's. And not for the first time, Sainsbury's delivery to my mum was supposed to bring these um, stamps and they just weren't there. Oh. And this has happened before with stamps because they put them in a plastic bag and then they just get lost yeah, in the basket. Yeah, yes. So um, the, 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 the message with that one is go down to the post office and buy your stamps. Better before. Actually, Sainsbury's, to be fair, she phoned them up and she immediately got a refund and they didn't argue about it. So, Your good mother is next, sir. Oh, talking of her. She, <laughs> she brings us Fablon. Now, what is Fablon, you may ask? I will tell you. I needed to cover some of my shelves, says Esther, in the bathroom with something and found this sticky back, marble-looking plastic vinyl stuff. That's what Fablon is. 67.5 centimetres by two-metre roll for just £8. Marble effect. Some of the reviews were not good, said Esther, so I was not confident, but I decided to plough on anyway. They were saying it was impossible to get it on straight without bubbles, but that's hogwash. It went on easily with no bubbles and it looked good. Just what I needed. Cut easily with easily cut with scissors. Very sticky. Peel the end and draw back like applying a phone screen protector thingy. Oh, yes, her son knows all about phone screen protector thingies. <laughs> Just make sure the surface is dust free and dry first. It's wipeable and after three months, it's as good as new. Esther, this is the story of my childhood. This is sticky back plastic to the fore. I mean, thank goodness we still have sticky back plastic in the world and I'm glad it worked out for you because I can do nothing but approve. Even though, of course, really? approving of plastic these days is frowned upon. But, well, just wash over that bit. Is, is Fablon plastic? Oh, good call. Yes, I imagine it is. is that, what, did you, what do you mean, your childhood? What were you doing with Fablon well, for your childhood? I'm just thinking of Blue... P I mean, could you ever watch an episode of Blue Peter without something being made oh, with right, sticky back yeah. plastic? That's basically what oh, I'm okay. referring to. No, I didn't okay. do a great deal with it myself, but it's just one of those things that's been a part of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd forgotten all about it. Can you hear Hello? that? Hello? Have you got a party going on in the background? Can you, can you hear that? Listen... Is that, the, is that the seal in your toilet trying to get out? We'll, we will come back to this very point a bit later <laughs> in the show. Do carry on. Do carry on with your first jingle. Oh, goodness. OK, yes. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Still using and still using. And I'm first, if that's all right, unless you want to tell us about the mystery seal in the toilet. No, no. no okay. I'm coming, I'll come back to that later. <laughs> it occurred to me as I used it for the umpteenth time just the other day that I am still using my Addis, A-double-D-I-S, microwavable egg poacher. Mm. What I bought, moreover, not from Amazon, but from the BM pound store around the corner opposite Tesco's. Uh, this was co this cost me one pound ninety nine pence, cheap as chips and all. I brought it on to show seventy nine on the sixth of April, twenty nineteen, and I noticed the title of that show was the final omelette. So I think that was in the days when we were just doing egg <laughs> jokes and <laughs> egg everything <laughs> and expressing exactly. ourselves exactly <laughs> as much as we could. Now this is wonderful. This is basically. Uh, 
uh, it's a sort of two bowl shaped piece of plastic into which you put boil into which you put water. You put the plastic lid on. You pop it in the microwave for one minute. You take it out. You put an egg in each half. You put the lid back on. You put it back in the microwave for a second minute, and out come two perfectly beautifully cooked uh, poached eggs. Um, which good. I do for my lunch every now and again and have been doing since the 6th of April 2019 with great joy. And for one ninety nine, I mean, I don't know what that is per serving. It must be fractions of a pence by now. So I highly recommended very cheap, cheerful, um, microwavable egg poacher. Still using and cheap as chips. Oh, yes. Yes. How about playing both jingles at the same time? Ah, oh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> Perhaps we better just move on. <laughs> right, my one is the Oxford HD loop chain, which I brought to Whatever Works 101 in February 20. Oh, yes. You can't, this was the, the loop chain that I was looking for for my moped, which means you can loop oh, the thing back Oh, I remember this. Yes, and, you had so yeah. much trouble, yes. Put it. You can actually put it round a lamppost or something. Um, anyway, that um, I got this. I'm still using it day in, day out. It's always on the the bike. It's great. It works perfectly well. The trouble is that you can't seem to buy these from Amazon now. So I went to Oxford's um, UK site, and sure enough, it's not there either. Um, in the end, I found it on Oxford's USA website, and they want fifty four dollars for it. For it, um, I paid thirty five quid for mine. But $54, and it's really heavy, so it'll probably Whoa, they'll probably yes. charge another $54 to actually post it across the pond, won't they? Yeah, you, you were lucky getting yours finally I, then. I wonder why they've disappeared. It's a real shame, because the only, the only ones you seem to be able to get from Oxford now are the traditional standard non-loop ones. And that loop thingy really is useful. Um, but anyway, that's my still using. I'm wondering, are we allowed to recommend things if nobody could possibly buy them with love and money, even if they wanted to? <laughs> it seems a bit well, churlish, doesn't America. it? Okay, yeah, you've got to be in America to have one. Let's play another <laughs> jingle on its own. All right, what's cheapest chips this week, then, Mr. Salmon? Uh, don't tell me off, but oh, here we go. You have to buy dragon. seventy-eight of them. <laughs> Drag me in front of the beak. <laughs> Judge Barton! Go on. The, 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 I wanted to just bring quickly the Amazon Basics AAA alkaline batteries. In fact, you can get AA ones as right. well. But these ones are the industrial ones that are supposed to last even ah. longer. And they're 23p oh, each. Oh, right. But, yes, you have to buy 40. So it's um, not really cheap as chips because it's nine pound forty-seven for the forty. But um, it's just worth cheap as very expensive thing. chips. Really, really cheap um, per unit. Yes, certainly. Yes, um, and and you can get the AA ones as well. And these industrial ones, yeah, they apparently they they oh. last um, even longer than. Have you uh, tested yet? Can you actually verify that they last longer? No, I'm afraid I can't. But the, but the um, statistically, yeah. they say that they should do. Anyway, I'll feed back on that in time to come. But at the moment, my cheapest chips is check out the Amazon Basics line of alkaline batteries because word on the street is that they're um, Duracells anyway, and they're just rebadged. And these industrial ones, which are grey in colour, so the ordinary ones are orange in colour, and these industrial ones are grey. Now, the grey also... I, I'm getting excited here, Ted, because I'm a battery snob. 
and I always used Uracell for no other reason than that I'm a snob and I always have done. I would be very keen to find something that's actually going to save me money and do. And grey is is a professional battery colour. I know from my friends who work in the sound business that that you know these they, they look they look professional. I'm right. very very <laughs> yes. I look forward with bated breath to see what your to okay. see how you get on with them. Please feedback. I will feed extensive yeah, I'll, testing, I'll, please, sir. I'll keep a note of that because we have got this. Um, this whole batch of them now, so that it's bound to come up. Um, the trick will be remembering to do it, of course. Yes, 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 yes. Right, another jingle. I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. I want a Kim Jong-un 2022 wall calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? This is a great, a great um, stocking filler, wouldn't it? Oh. Buy one of these for all the people you don't oh. like. And give it to them at Christmas. A, a must-have for every kitchen wall. It's it's just a calendar. It's it's funny because of who it is. Is it I just endless pictures of Kim Jong Un one after yeah, the next? Yeah, oh yeah, wow! Yeah. It just looks really oh, funny. Dear. And what, like, why would anyone? I expect, well, I expect in North Korea they probably all. Oh, got I to think get they have to. I think you'd be shot if you yeah. don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, though, Ted. At least, what is it? Twenty twenty two. That means at least we've got till twenty twenty three before before he presses the button, doesn't it? I mean, at least if we're <laughs> going to get to the end of twenty twenty two alive, uh, at least we know that much. <laughs> yeah. No, we no, we mustn't joke about such serious matters. <laughs> no, we matters. mustn't. Let's move on to track and go. Now, this is something that, again, I, as we know, and as I'm often apologising for, I don't spend as much time on the web looking for material as I as I really should, and I'm sorry about that. But one thing I did stumble upon recently, which I thought, oh, I have to bring this to the show. It's called track and go. It was odd spelling. T r a c k n g o. It's skis for cars, basically. They seem to make a lot of products. I think if you delve into their pretty horrendous website, um, there are various different things that they make. But the one that really struck me, and for which I've linked for yourself, Ted, a, a YouTube video where you can basically get the gist of it very quickly, and we might put that on for our friends in, in MeWe. It's a... Oh, they're four contractions, which are basically like... Um, they're like skis. What you do is you drive your car very carefully onto these four things so that each of your four car wheels has become attached to this thing, which is basically a ski. And then you'd set off again, and as you drive, you're driving a snowmobile. You've turned your car into a, into a snow machine, which can then drive, according to the website and, the, and looking at the video, across really thick, heavy snow without any issues. And again, I mean, absolutely no reason for needing one. I don't live anywhere where it's snowy. If I did, I wouldn't want to drive my car there. But it just looks like a lot of fun. Drive your car onto these four oh, pads right. and then off you go onto the snow. £9,999 was the price I could find on the website. <laughs> so I won't be buying one soon. But doesn't it look fun, Ted? I, I, I get the principle here. It's not skis as in flat. It's skis as in... It's like it turns it's sort your of the wheels... Sort of tank, in, tank it, tread kind of wheels, I it think, yeah. It turns your wheels into a tank. Yes. And so, yeah, you're, you're, you're essentially gripping whatever is underneath with this big rotating um, tank-like pad. Yes, you do this so much better than I do. <laughs> No, no, no. That looks great. I, that, that's a real practical thing. If you lived in, like, Norway or something and there was just snow yes. all the time... It'll the be, thing is, real... this is where I sort of come in and play devil's advocate. If you lived in Norma Norway where there was snow all the time, 
you'd own a snowmobile. You yeah, wouldn't yeah, need yeah. to turn your car into one. That's so, true. But I suppose there would be instances. I suppose if you're setting off, I don't know, in my business, if you've got a film unit that suddenly has to film an episode of James Bond in the middle of a snowy field somewhere, yeah, yeah. you could bung all these on the and then all the trucks and cars would be able to drive out there. So, yes, I guess there is a use case, but it's an extremely expensive one. How about um, if you? Oh yeah, if you lived in North America, they have you know, if you, if particularly in like New York, for example, they have seasons where it's one minute it's blazing hot, and the next minute it's freezing cold. Yes, and yes. Snow covered. So there could be a, a case outside of Norway. Yes, I suppose the extreme version of summer and winter tires. You've got summer tires, winter tires, and absolute Armageddon tires. Ten thousand dollars, eh? Wow. We shall link to that in the show notes, of course. And I will link to the, the, the video as well. OK. Um, what the, the thing that I wanted is quite a simple one, really, which is, do you remember those air hockey tables in the amusement arcades in the 1970s? Oh, goodness me, yes, I do, yes. And you, you belted this puck around with, these, right. with your mate and tried to score goals against each That's other. That's well, right. There's this thing I, I've stumbled into on Amazon, which is a Super Mario hover shell strike. And it's essentially the same thing, except that unlike the amusement arcade ones, which um, everything is on a bed of air, the air is inside the puck itself. And oh. it, it happens to be um, shaped and, and styled like Super Mario. So they're like little tiny hovercraft, basically. Yeah, it's a little tiny hovercraft. And so your kids can then um, whack it about on the table <clears throat> and um, do the same thing. Now, the only flaw about this is that you I don't quite get how you stop it flying off the table. Yes. Because with the, with the amusement arcades ones, of course, you'd have raised edges down the edges. And, and so the thing couldn't go off the edge. But, I mean, I'm, I'm nipping picking I suppose but um, it seems it still looks like it could be a lot of fun I suppose you could put um, a line of books around the edge of a table or something to amuse your kids but yeah the it's a it's a tiny hovercraft it costs 15 quid and it comes with all the stuff that your kids can um, have a have a laugh with and um, it looks really good fun I'm sitting here wondering if I'd get away with the joke about knocking the puck off the table but <laughs> I maybe shouldn't. I like this. I really do like. I, I mean, yeah. And I'm also with my warped mind. I'm I'm now looking at it with a Heath Robinson view. Of, hmm, how can I use this for something of my own? Baby hovercraft available at a decent price. I'm sure I can find a way to do something fun with these. Yeah, this does look like fun, Ted. Pucking great. <laughs> Better before. This is an unusual one, and, and unusual that we're going to do a better before at all. But for some reason, I stumbled into this this week, which is wood panelling in cars. And I thought to myself, oh, that was so lovely. And even in my lifetime, when, when I had, well, second-hand cars, and when I started driving in the 70s, they were, almost all cars had wood panelling across the That's dashboard. Right. and yes, It was just gorgeous. Did. And this one I'm linking to here was an Austin 1300 Vanden Plas. Um, it had all those old-fashioned switches as well, like domestic light switches to turn your lights yes, on. Oh, so lovely. Everything was just so nice. And look at the ashtray in the middle of the thing. It all comes back to me, and the, the little clock embedded in the wood and the and the, the glove compartment that's all made of wood. And just wood used to be, even panelling on the doors, it used to be widely used in cars. And I suppose because of, I don't know, they, they don't want to kill too many trees probably is one thing. Um, but um, I suppose it became expensive to do. And pla yes, I mean, I'm sure better. if you buy 
if you buy a Rolls Royce, I'm sure you'd get wooden panels yeah, in yeah. it. But yes, I totally agree. I do you know what? I I swear I had I can't remember. I mean, my memory is shot to pieces. But I seem to recall I once had a car, one of my very early cars, a million years ago, had wood panels. What was the one that had wood outside? Is it the, the is it an, was it an Austin or Morris Minor? The car yeah, with the with the, the two the doors at the back. The, the Morris, yeah. Morris Minor Traveller. And they had wooden doors at the back, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. And that really and wow. that really expensive posh cars made of lots of wood still, isn't it? The one you have to be yes. on a waiting list for. Oh yes, yes, I want one of those, but I can't afford it. Right, from wooden cars to wooden ideas. <laughs> Malcolm Bryant is first on BT Broadband. Oh, here we go. Oh, broadband for a couple of times, isn't it? Yes. I renewed my BT broadband contract and lost my home phone number, he says. Oh, boo, yes. Our BT broadband contract was up for renewal. I was informed that my analogue home phone connection would be moved to digital. This meant our home alarm system needed to be upgraded, but okay, so be it. So, I renewed the contract, and similar to previous renewals, BT sent me a new router, which I stuffed in a cover because I wanted to keep using the old one but this time there's a problem my new digital home phone is tied to the proprietary router without this router i can't keep my home phone number i check on the internet and sure enough there are loads of complaints about other people um, having the same issue yeah my home automation setup requires specific features that are available on my current router but not on the bt router providers so now my home phone number no, sorry, my home phone oh. no longer works. Being forced into going digital. Wow. Now, this started a, a, quite a conversation on MeWe, didn't it? Which I have to confess ended up a bit over my head. I don't right. really understand the technology involved. But I just... Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm I'm better before. Vive la, la, la home phone. I want to keep my landline as long as possible. And it does look as if there are going to be other stories like this uh, around the corner with people losing their, their beloved landlines, doesn't it? It does indeed. Um, and Malcolm, my heart goes out to you. Absolutely. Me too, Malcolm. As I say, there was a long conversation on WeWe. Do look it up, dear listener, because some, some very interesting points um, and going into it quite in, in quite some technical depth, at which point I thought, I don't understand this. I'm a singer. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what I understand yeah. and what I find amusing. Have you ever noticed, Ted, that when somebody makes an announcement in a supermarket, they speak at this one tone in the air until they finish and then they go down? I don't understand. Are people trained to make announcements? <laughs> Could somebody please come to the checkout where a customer is waiting? Uh, yeah. yeah, I've heard that. Have you heard that? Yeah. I don't know if it's if it's something. I mean, I ought to know, having studied drama, darling. If it's if it's a, a some sort of built-in genetic natural human inflection. But it seems that if you put somebody in front of a microphone who isn't used to being in front of a microphone, instead of saying, welcome to this edition of Whatever Works, we hope you're going to enjoy it, they will say, welcome to this edition of Whatever Works, we hope you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. I, it's, I, 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 I can't explain it. I just It just makes me smile, makes me, sort of baffles me every time I hear it. I think sometimes these people get bored and just do something for, for a laugh. And what comes to mind, actually, is the two girls, you may not have seen this, but there's a, a comedy sitcom thingy called Trolleyed, um, which right. started off in Sky TV. And there's two girls that sit on the um, counter and they do exactly that. And they say things with such wild, not not quite the way you're saying it, but they, they'll, yes. they'll say it with such exaggerated ups and downs. I, I don't know the technical terms involved, but, um, you know, they, they move the 
Um, and if you want to buy something from our meat counter, they'll find the special offer yeah, on yeah, today. That's exactly how it is in reality, Ted. <laughs> that's the funny thing. But then they do say caricature is only caricature because it really does exist, don't they? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's exactly my point. It just <laughs> makes me smile when I hear it. And I think, I, you know, one hopes that it's not going to be a long message because if they have to talk for too long, you think they're probably going to hyperventilate before they get to the end of the sentence. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's quite funny, actually. <laughs> uh, you, you you must track down that um, that that show. It's really funny. Uh, I will. So I, I mean, I I put it in room one hundred and one because I mean it doesn't really annoy me. It's not something I want to banish. It's just I, it just tickles me. I just think, why do people do this? Very bizarre. Indeed. Right. I'm I'm going back to that thing that I stopped for in the show earlier. To oh, the seal in the toilet. The seal in the toilet, which wasn't the seal in the toilet. It was dogs barking. Bloody dogs barking. They, Those were dogs. As soon, I mean, to, uh, as soon as to, as soon as the sun comes out in this neck of the woods, and the people that was a really good example because they they walk past the the site here and they just let their dogs bark and they don't you you don't hear people saying to them quiet Fido you know pipe down yeah it, it, they just let them bark and bark and bark and bark and bark. And no thought for anyone at all that might be trying to sleep, because sometimes this happens early morning as well. Um, and they just let their dogs bark. I, I think they should be put down, frankly, and the dogs. <laughs> I'm surprised, Ted, because I really thought that was some sort of a bird. It was more like a wow, 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 wow sort of noise. Exactly. How bizarre. Uh, but, that, but living on a um, in, in the situation I do, in a static, yes, people, yeah. people just don't consider other people very yeah, much. They're probably yappy dogs. Yeah, they, they yeah. That is, uh, and it's not, the, it's not the people that live on the site. It's people walking past, using pathways. And I suppose they just think to themselves, well, my dog's out for um, its walk. It should be able to bark if it wants to. Maybe, it, yes. maybe in their house they stop it. Yeah, it's the attitude of saying, oh, well, that's, I can't help it. Well, you can help it because you can train a dog not to bark. So Indeed. Put them all Agreed. down. Put them all down. We can do without dogs. They serve no useful purpose. Well, except blind um, leading blind dogs. They're good. Yes, anyway, yes, yes. The last one I've got is a cheap as chips Chinese LED lamps, which we brought to the show many times. And actually, we might have even... Oh, not those ones I brought on and said were so wonderful and you bought loads and then they were crap. No, 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 no. <laughs> these, are, these are the ones that I brought onto the show, which... Um, have got these switches, inline switches, with four buttons on them. And right. they, they've got a, you know, the usual thing, they, they, you can make them bright or darker, and you can change the tone of the lamp in there, and it's got an on-off button. Anyway, over the course of the last month since we talked about these, they've just got worse and worse. It's not, not the lights, it's the switches. And you can't switch it. They come to a point where the switch just doesn't work. They're press-in, press-out switches. And this one I've got in front of me now, in order to turn it on, I've got to press the on-off switch on the corner of something very firm, like the edge of a table, in order to press it in to make it go oh, on. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, And yeah. to make it worse, <laughs> you can't even turn it... If you if you unplug it from the mains, when you plug it back in, it's off. The, the default position is off. So you can't even use the mains as the switch. I so, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do, really. I suppose you could rewire it so that it just um, had a con connector in there and take the switch out altogether. But it's a shame because the lamp itself is great. And that's happened now. We've got about four of these and that's happened to two of the four. Um, and I guess it's just like cheap Chinese components that don't stand the test of time. 
Yes, I mean, one wonders if you should be a bit broader and say all switches on anything cheap Chinese will go eventually. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay, yeah, that certainly goes into a one on one. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. And now. Okay, go on. What have you got? Do you know what? We're just putting gold stars in for the sake of hearing. Yeah, 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 definitely. Although this time I'm probably not because I want, I needed a a backpack. Oh, yes, yes. A a rucksack or whatever you call it for carrying capacity on my moped. And um, I I said to my parents, um, I can't find one with straps long enough because I'm a big bloke and they, they just don't go around my back properly. Anyway, we dug around in the garage and sure enough, my dad had bought one of these Duter um, backpacks years ago, decades ago, when they were out doing hiking and whatever, when they were younger and fitter. Yeah. Uh, and it was just kicking about the garage. I dusted it off and it's it's as good as new. The point is, it looks really, really well made and has lasted a long time. Um, and they told me, well, they did tell me it was quite expensive. They bought it from one of these posh North Wales outdoor shops. That, oh, yes, The ones yes. that rip off tourists, you know. But uh, to, to be fair, it's a, it's, a, it's a brand name that is well known, apparently. Um, and it works really well. There's even a, bla- a back support thingy inside the back to keep it away from your back to circulate the air so people don't sweat oh probably. lovely yeah oodles yeah. of pockets good size main compartment I, actually i looked on their website and the more modern ones actually seem to be lighter material than this one um but i guess right. that's the way the world goes they, they've made them better and lighter over time but but anyway this is really solid it looks like they're well in excess of 100 quid so they're not cheap and i don't think you can buy this one anymore um, but anyway, I, I'll put this into the MeWe group and people can have a look at it. Um, I, I suppose to some degree you get what you pay for, but a gold star to the company anyway, because that's lasted a long time. And, um, you know, due to backpacks, apparently are, are a well-known brand. And I'm sure other people in the MeWe group will come back and say, yes, that's true. Um, but it's not something I've ever looked at before. Works really well. Loads of space for me. And the straps are nice and long. And it didn't cost a penny because we found it in the garage. <laughs> do you know, I agree with you, though, Ted. I think you do. In the, in the main, of course, there will always be exceptions. But generally, you get what you pay for. Yeah. And this is obviously a really... You know, it almost makes me think we should have a new section called They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Yeah. Because th- there are certain Rolls-Royce products, aren't there, that are just that are just so good. Yeah. And you really do want to say they don't make them like this no more. But then again, perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps, as you say, that they are still making them and they're lighter and different. Maybe they are just as good these days and Deuter are just an extremely good company. Maybe. But there doesn't. I, the, the principle, going back to the LED lamp, you know, that you, to some degree you get what you pay for. That That's sounded out, isn't it? Yes. Uh, and if, if I'd bought a, 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 an LED lamp twice the price... Um, maybe the switches on it would have been more reliable. Yes. I, I don't know. I, but yes, there is that. Equation. No, I think I agree. I think that's why you pay me so much to do this podcast, <laughs> because I bring the quality that you need. Um, <laughs> I would like to bring, if only, I would like to give a quick shout out. It's not really a gold star. I just wanted to quickly say I love it. So I suppose it is a gold star. Google Translate. Ah. Um, one of the reasons I've been really busy of late is because of doing my latest video project. And as you know, Ted, I do a lot in Germany and working with German people and filming out there. And I speak a little bit of German. I can get by with German. But when it comes to reading and writing German, forget it. You know, I can right. manage a, a gentle conversation with somebody if they speak slowly. You can order, you can could, or, you can order a beer. 
I could order a beer and a pizza, but I couldn't possibly write a letter saying, may I have a beer and a pizza? Yeah. And I've been using Google Translate. And I've been translating a first paragraph that says, please excuse any strange language in this email, but I used Google Translate to translate it. And I'll send it off to an actor or an actress and they'll write me back two or three paragraphs in German and I'll translate it back into English using Google and I can read what they Brilliant. say and they can read what I say. And it's fantastic. And it doesn't have to be absolutely grammatically pitch perfect as long as the point is across and you don't offend anybody. Uh, I think it's wonderful. And I, I, my hat's, hat's off to Google Translate because without it, I would have had a devil of a job communicating with a lot of people lately. And at Google I.O. this week, they announced the addition of 24 more languages to that. So they're, they're, they're really committed to that project. Wow. And, and yeah. they also do it verbally. So you can, you can actually, they were demonstrating that. You can, you can hold, hold the phones with you and someone else who don't understand each other's language. And you can just use Google Translate I'm, to... I'm done. Trying to try yeah. that out. You can try it out now. Um, you can do it. As long as you know someone that can't speak English. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be so much fun. I mean, uh, you know, as uh, anyone who's a... Um, ah, I've forgotten his name. Douglas Adams fan. Anybody who knows Hitchhiker's Guide. I mean, this is the Babelfish in reality. And I just think it's fantastic. And I'd love to try that. I'd love to be able to go to Germany and just hand somebody something and say, you know, um, put this in your ear and then yeah. we could talk to each other. Yeah. Be fantastic. Indeed. And scary. Deeply scary. Star Trek arrives. Absolutely. You oh, talk that was it. Hang on. <laughs> yes. Um, right. We're done, I think. Yes. <laughs> We'll be back in two weeks with another show. We've had fun today, as usual, haven't we, young man? Uh, about 12 and a half, I think. <laughs> Whateverworks.works is our website. Head across there for links to all the stuff we've been talking about today. Aidenbell.com is where you'll find Aiden. TezSalmon.com is where to go if you get lost. All the links to everything is on TezSalmon.com. It's a bare-bones website, but it does the job, and it gives you the information you'll need. MeWe Group is up there, and we encourage you to come under MeWe Group. Let us know whatever works in your lives, and we'll bring those highlights of those to the shows to come, the first of which will be in two weeks, won't it, Aiden? It will be in another two weeks' time, and I look forward to it with bated breath and I'm hoping you're going to come back and tell me my lord these batteries have been going non-stop since the last show <laughs> might be a bit early for that but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll try, I'll try and remember to do that for certain but uh, yes one last thing to say then don't forget Gosh whatever works, yucka, yucka. Works. <laughs>